Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to Blue Murder Talks. Joined today with Sean Atwood. So unless you've been living under a rock, you'll know him. Yeah, Sean Atwood, he's a very famous YouTuber. He's got over 700,000 subscribers and he's had millions and millions of views, hasn't he, on his, pod- on his uh, channel, his mm-hmm. YouTube channel. He's got hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. Yeah. Very successful podcast. I think he's one of the original podcasters, really. Yeah. He used to do a blog when he was doing prison time back in 2004. Yeah. Um, he's an author of about... 10, 12 books. Which you want to get reading books. straight away, don't you? Yep, I'm on it already. <laughs> I'm already pre-ordering. And I know BFF, Kaz. And I know BFF, yeah. He's, he's my best friend forever. <laughs> really lovely guy. Really sweet. Very generous with his time. Oh, he's so lovely. Uh, yeah. Very engaging. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a nice chat with him, didn't we, this morning? Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, he took us um, on a journey for his life. And yeah. back again, didn't And back he? again, yeah. 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 Fascinating so, talk. Yeah, really interesting fella. Really knows his stuff. Um... You know, he had some good little anecdotes, good little stories, mm-hmm. very knowledgeable, talked us through some of the bits he does, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, yeah. Really good chat. So we really hope you enjoy listening to it. Yeah. Take care and we'll see you on the other side. Cheerio. Bye. Welcome to Blue Murder Club. My name is Carrie and I'm your host. And I'm accompanied this morning, as always, by my very good friend and fellow host. Lauren, hey, hey, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Loz. How are you doing? So exciting, bursting at the seams, as always. <laughs> She's always so eager. <laughs> eager beaver, aren't you? I am, I am. We've just yeah, got a fantastic cool. guest on today and I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, we have, that's true. So, yeah, introduce, well, let's, let's introduce you. <laughs> We are company today. We're really, really happy, aren't we, buzzing? Yes, so excited. Thank you so much. Sean Atwood, hello. Good morning. Huge thank you from my fellow crime con for comrades. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this, Sean. Massive fans. And yeah, we just want to dig a bit deeper, if that's okay. Yeah, let's go for it. Ask me something new. (laughs) Before we get started, if we could just have a little bit of a... Just a chat, because usually we usually have a, spend about five minutes just yeah. waffling, don't we? So yeah. why not just carry on with our usual format? <laughs> so, Lauren, what have you been up to this week? What have I been up to? Mm-hmm. Um, well, oh, I went and see my sister in the marathon. Oh, wow. 
That was amazing. How and did then, she get on? Oh, she done brilliant. Just under six hours. Wicked. She done really well. Yeah. And then yeah. last night I went and see some drag queens shake their stuff, um, <laughs> which is the best night of my life, to be fair. So, I love drag queen shows. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. It was, yeah, it was brilliant. Me and my mum was living our best life. Just sitting there, we had big fans and we were shaking them. Yeah, it was brilliant. Oh, excellent. Did, did you ever go Madam Jojo's in No, Soho? no, oh. gutted. Ooh. I know, absolutely gutted. So How did I, you go? He was one of them. I went, I went, I went to, um, there was a book launch there and there was the drag queens and oh. comedians and it was an eclectic mix of people. It was really fun. Yeah, was it a good yeah. night? Oh, it was fantastic. Mm, excellent. What have you been up yeah. to this week, Sean? So, I've been up to... Ah, here we go. <laughs> oh, my goodness me, you poor oh, bloke. Not, not, not up to much, really. I'm housebound. Shingles, isn't it? Shingles, He's doing yeah. the rounds, isn't he? Antonio had shingles, didn't mm-hmm. she? Our friend who also does a podcast with us. Is it it's contagious, Sean? So, shingles, it's weird, right? So, if you've had chicken pox mm-hmm. or chicken pox vaccine, you can't catch it. It is actually a follow-up from chicken pox. So if you get chicken pox, after you get rid of your chicken pox, the chicken pox stays in you dormant. Like herpes. And then if, if, if your immune system goes down, it gets back in as shingles. Oh, Sounds right. painful. Yeah. It's hard to get rid of, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I couldn't sleep until they put me on the painkillers. Yeah. Oh, love, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Antonia was the yeah. same. I think she was in hospital a couple of times with it. it was awful. Oh, no. Yeah, it's really serious. But what I've learned is, especially going through six years of incarceration, is that hardship is our greatest teacher. It brings us down to earth and it makes us appreciate what we've got. And in this case, it's, I'm going to appreciate my health once I get rid of this. <laughs> oh, I agree. That is true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. I'm really lucky. I hardly ever get ill. But when I do, I lay in bed dying and think, oh, thank God I don't feel like this all the time. <laughs> so I used to be like that. I'm very dramatic. But since this long COVID business, on a good day... I go hard, Sean, now, because I'm so grateful I'm being, like, well. But then I'm in bed for six days after paying for it because I've gone so in. Oh. Yeah. How how long ago did you have COVID? I think I had it a few times right at the very beginning. So New Year's Day 2020, I worked at the docks, you know, Tilbury docks. So um, we was doing a lot of, like, going on to the ships and doing a lot of that, and I'm sure I got it then because I lost my sense of taste and smell and stuff like that. And then I think I got it again in the Easter. Again, same symptoms, but not as bad. And then in the July, I thought I was dying. I really thought something's not right. Went to the hospital three, four times. They, I had every test you could think of, everything. Um, and it wasn't until December 2020 that I got diagnosed with long COVID. And then I'd say by last Christmas, I was up to 98% again, back to my normal self. And then got COVID again, so... Yeah, no. yeah. So, hmm. and how, how does it manifest? Long COVID. What's the symptoms now? Fatigue, um, heart palpitations. Your heart beats faster um, than normal. Um, it upsets my stomach. I've really got an imbalance with my stomach. Um, tremors. I can't touch alcohol. I've been sober now for over two years. I'd say, wouldn't you? Hmm. And every time I do what, try, what? yeah, it puts me in bed for a week. If you have alcohol, you're in bed for a week. Yeah, yeah, it's some wow. sort of hist- and, uh, histamine. 
So it's like my body's having an allergic reaction. I can't have tomatoes, the same sort of thing. Yeah, it's really odd. Really, really odd. Mm. So healthy people of the world watching this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Appreciate what you've got while you've 100%. got A hundred percent. And the thing is, yeah. what makes it worse is I'm not a gym girl. I'm not a fitness girl at all. And I was so healthy and fit during, as I got it. I was running 5K a week, biking all the time and really fit and healthy for me. And yeah, and since then, I went to me COVID nurse. I've started to do catch to 5K to get me running again. She went, don't you dare. Do you want to die? I was like, all right, sorry. Didn't mean it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I feel for you. I feel for you. As I say, Sean, it's in the back of my head now. I'm over it. I'm, I'm in my head. It ain't happening. And then we'll go from there. Like, it's my new normal and I just try not to dwell on it, you know? Wow. It does affect your anxiety and your mental health really badly. I went to the Peak District this week. Oh, nice. (laughs) Sorry. What did you do, Kate? So I'll wait wait for someone to ask me. I'm just going to jump in. (laughs) Yeah. Has anyone been to the Peaks? No. Cracking. That's... Is that south of Manchester, the Peak District? Yeah, it's Derbyshire. It's absolutely I, I used, gorgeous. I, I used to stay in a little cottage. I think it was in Minster. Mm. I think that's what it was called. Oh, cool. It's like ancient, like all the white um, mm. slate kind mm. of buildings. And, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It's Ooh. beautiful, yeah. I've walked like yeah. eight, ten miles every day. I've got, I've still got the blisters, actually. But <laughs> to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. And then we had a couple of days in Buxton, which is Ooh. like this little sort of... It's quite, I think you can get Buxton Mineral Water. Because it yes. is like a, an old sort of like spa town. Ooh. Yeah, so that's Ooh. what I've done this week. So I've had a cushy week. I only been to work one day last week. <sighs> yes, please. Yeah, one day a week, so I'm wicked. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm on there. So I'm a clean, I've got, I'm a jack of all trades, Sean, and a master of none. I'm a cleaner in a pub. I work in a shop and I do this. And I'm cleaning there for about 10 days. Cool. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... Are you ready? Are you ready? Now we've had Go a bit of a catch-up. <laughs> so, briefly, in your words, can you tell us how you got into this true crime business, really? I think what it was, in particular, like, listening to people's stories, which has come about, you know, through the podcast, to get all these big... Um, some people would be scared of some of the people we interview, but a lot of them open up to us. And I think that listening came about when I was incarcerated in America for importing ecstasy. I spent six years, first two years, in Sheriff Joe's Maricopa County Jail. And the guys would just come in and start telling me the stories, and I started to write them down. And they got posted to the internet as a blog, John's Jail Journal, which started back in 2004. It was the first prison blog. Wow. And I think that that listening to people tell the stories that it just evolved um the youtube channel i got released in 2007 so the youtube channel was started in 2007 and we started putting up videos like how to survive sheriff joe's jail things like that and then we went full on with a major podcast about on the channel about five years ago um inspired by true geordie and some other people joe rogan and we've interviewed since then. We've interviewed almost a thousand people. Presently, wow. about six co-hosts, and we've got about twenty people working on the channel. That's humongous! Yeah. Wow, you're very successful, aren't you? What you do, your YouTube channel has got a lot of subscribers and lots of views and bits and pieces. It's, it's a great, Thanks. Uh, great setup. I, I feel, I feel blessed. You know, some of these people have followed me now for almost twenty years at, at, with the blog. And I feel blessed that these people have been with me in spirit, you know, on, on my journey in, in mm. through the prison system and 
rebuilding my life. <laughs> Can I just just throw in a little fun fact? Because Lauren and I are all over the fun facts. So uh, yesterday I went to my YouTube thing on my phone and I opened it up and I started to type your name in. You're the second most popular Sean after Sean the Sheep. Wow. I, I saw that. <laughs> Someone even sent yeah. me a Sean the Sheep. I don't oh. know if it's still on my shelf. Yeah. I thought, oh, quite right. Everyone loves Sean the <laughs> yeah. Sheep. But yeah, you're, you're a good runner up, Sean. <laughs> I was listening I think- to... Oh, sorry, go Sean the Sheep deserves the first place. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dude. He is. I was listening to one of your podcasts with, um, you was on Paul Stansby's podcast. Oh my goodness. Paul is one of my podcast brothers. And it what he amazing. went through, what he went through with, with the death of his own brother. Mm. Such a story. Yeah. Yeah. And you was talking about one of your quite famous uh, podcasts about survival in the prison what you was talking about and about the showers and I've never laughed so hard people were looking at me um having the dates wasn't it a prison date a prison date <laughs> is when you get a, a picture of your girlfriend <laughs> and you put it in like a plastic bag so it doesn't get wet <laughs> what they what they give the moldy bread in tape it tape it to the shower wall and, you know, Have proceed, to, let's say, enjoy yourself. Yes. <laughs> when you said it, though, I was drinking coffee and I spat it because oh, no. I just didn't expect it. But it's a really good oh, one. There's all kinds of things that happen in prison. Um, I probably should limit, though, what I'm going to say. <laughs> don't want to... Oh, yeah, cool. this, is, this is... Families might be viewing this. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I oh, love you. So I was wondering, Sean, um, which crime or serial killer like, do you find? Did you find the most interesting, like of your cases and whatnot? I mean, for instance, yesterday I was watching a few of your bits, and you did a really good one about Jimmy Savile. That is a case that I never get bored of listening about. I think it's a really interesting case, but not to put words in your mouth. But which is your most interesting case? All right, so we've got a documentary about Savile. If people want to watch that, it's called Untouchable. It's mm-hmm. free to watch on YouTube. Now. I'm going to give you a, a serial killer story that's never been told before. Ooh. So what happened was I flew over my best mate from England, Wildman, to Arizona. He'd done some time in prison and I'd made some money and I wanted to get him a job as a wrestler. I was a bit idealistic. But um, I A put job him in as a wrestler, house. did you say? Yeah, because he had red dots <laughs> in his head telling him to hurt people from when he was a teenager. And he grew so big in high school, he started picking teachers up and putting them in the bins. No. I'll get out of it. That's such a brilliant, like, AEs school anecdote. I love it. (laughs) The school was so afraid of him. They had him outside raking leaves with the caretaker. Did they? (laughs) Yeah. So the way we formulated our plans was at the top of my town, Widnes, there's a quarry, Pexhill Quarry, and there's a tree overlooking the quarry we call the Thinking Tree. So me, Wildman, and our other best mate, his cousin Hammy, would sit on the thinking tree. And Hammy would say to us, what are you guys going to do when you grow up? And Wildman would say, I'm going to go to prison. I've got red dots in my head telling me to hurt people. Oh, God. Wow. Then Hammy would turn to me and I'd say, I'm going to go to America, make a million in the stock market, fly you guys over, and I'm going to get Peter, is Wildman's real name, I'm going to get Peter a job as a wrestler. You know, he could fight Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and then he won't have to go to prison. He can channel his, his, his violent energy. Yeah, make so money out of it. Makes sense. That's, all that came true. All that came true. So I did fly him over, put him in a house. 
And within about three months, I got a call from my aunt. I'm working as a stockbroker. And she said, Peter's house is headline news. There's yellow tape. Someone's been shot dead. You need to get your ass up there. Oh, no. So I did go up there and there was camera crews. There was yellow tape. There was a crowd of people. There was cops everywhere. So I buggered off. But I waited until later in the day and went back because I was worried what, what had happened. I went back when everything had cleared out. There was blood on the doorstep. And there was a homicide cop talking to Wildman. And the homicide cop asked me some questions and stuff. And um, I asked Peter what had happened. I'm going to get back to the story the homicide cop told me in a minute because this is the serial killer story. Um, but what had actually happened was, this is what Peter told me, Wildman told me. So a month before, Wildman had rented his apartment out to some crack dealers. And me and my girlfriend went one night and asked for him. And these Mexicans answered the door. And we were like, where's Peter? Where's Peter? Like, there's no Peter here, no Peter. And they pulled guns on us. And we start backtracking across the road. A wild man bounces across the road and says, well, like, you almost got shot, Peter. What's happening with your place? And he said, that, well, they're the local crack dealers. They like to move around a lot. I'm letting them stay in there because... The buzzing, I can do a $100 crack rock in one breath. It goes sizzle, 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 and it calms down my red dots. <laughs> and they're giving me all this crack for free to let me st- let them stay there. And then the one at the back, he's a Colombian who's running them. He's the boss, and he wants to invest in the stock market. Oh and I'm God. like, oh, my God, Peter. <laughs> so on the day in question, then, of the homicide detective, what had happened was a couple had come over to buy crack from the Mexicans. They'd gone over the road. Um, I'm sorry, the Mexicans had moved back over the road. So the female of the couple went to get the crack and the man stayed with Wildman. The man had a gun. Wildman said, I'm from England. I've never seen guns before. How do they work? The man said, I'll show you it works. The safety's on. Pulled the trigger and shot himself oh, dead no. in the head. Oh, my God. No. Shot himself dead in the <gasps> head in front of Wildman. Wow. Oh, no. I bet that didn't so make homo- his red dots any better, did it? No, I had to move him. Um, oh, but God. what happened that day was, so wild man is in there with the homicide detective. The homicide detective is asking me questions. You know, who are you? I, I rented this place for him, blah, blah, mm. blah. Um, gave the homicide cop my business card. And then I said, you know, the homicide cop, had that typical, uh, one of those American movies, faces like, you know, the alcoholic, pale skin, eyes of an undertaker, just <laughs> grim countenance. <laughs> and I said to the cop, What's, you know, you must have seen some heinous things throughout your career. What's the most heinous thing you've ever encountered? And he, he looked up for a minute and um, he said to me, well, have you seen this serial killer of joggers that's on the news? And I had seen the serial killer of joggers because there was always extreme crimes in America compared to the UK. I mean, when I arrived in Arizona in 91, there was a serial killer of cats. Of cats? And it was on- Cats. <gasps> this person was shooting cats in people's windows. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he said, have you seen the serial killer of the joggers? And I said, yes, I've seen the serial killer of the joggers. And what was happening was these women were going jogging and then the heads were found floating on Salt River oh, my um, God. The, ne- the next day. Yeah. And he says, well, what the news hasn't reported is we've kind of caught him. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said that the serial killer is cutting the heads off these women, copulating with the heads, 
so forcefully mm. that when he ejaculates into the skulls, the semen is embedding so deeply in the skulls that when he throws the skulls into the river, the river water is not washing the semen out, oh and that's God. how we've got his DNA. Oh, jeez, Louise! Wow. That is, I can't, I can't even. That's like two, two for the price of one. There, yeah, so. that's Kemper style. That one, isn't it, Ed Kemper? I yeah, and if you want to research that, that well. I've, n- I've never Googled it. It was, it was kind of before the internet was really taking off. That was um, right, Phoenix, right? Arizona, about 95, I think, 96, right. something like that, mm. yeah. Yeah. Right, I've got it. I'm going to cover fun. it one day, Sean. It's funny, isn't it, how yeah. some, some cases become so famous and then you find things like, like what you've just mentioned, no one even knows who did it, but it's just as oh, heinous a crime as what Bundy did and people like that. I think there's so many serial killers in America mm. that it's, it, there's only so many stand out these days. Yeah, you've got to do something really major to stand out. We, yeah. we say, don't we, California in the 1970s is like the heyday of serial killers and mm. it's all in America. We always go back to Cali, don't we? And it's mm. always in the 70s, always. Yeah. You've got like two or three of them active at the same time. It's madness, absolute almost, madness. Almost, almost crossing paths. Mm-hmm. Well, we did... Richard... Oh, at, at the Cecil Hotel? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did Richard Ramez, and he was the same as the Hillside Strangler. He stayed in the Cecil Hotel, didn't he? And it's yeah. just how they crossed paths. You'd be lucky not to be a victim in that time <laughs> and age. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's funny as well because whenever we cover crime, American crime, most of the time there's gun guns at the oh, root of it, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, always guns. And like that anecdote you just said about your friend, you know, he must have been traumatised by that. Someone like shooting their brains out right in front of you and you're just having a chat about looking, oh, let's see how your gun works and the next thing he's dead. It's, mm-hmm. it's terrifying because... They just have guns everywhere over yeah. there, don't they, I think? They have guns everywhere. Arizona in particular then. Yeah. In the summer, when the road rage kicks in, they just start shooting each other because oh they've got God, guns really? in the glove compartment or under the seat. Wow. When I arrived in Arizona, my aunt said, if you're driving and you see a car with its lights off at night, do not flash it to put its lights on. It's a gang initiation ritual whereby whoever flashes them, they shoot that person. Really? Wow. Do they? Oh, Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's terrifying, isn't it? It is scary. That's the trouble, because a lot of young men get angry, they can't control their temper and stuff until they grow older, and it's mm-hmm. kind of a fact, isn't it, in the brain? And so yeah. in this country, they'll just have a bit of a scrap. Yeah. Like they'll go to a football match and have a fight. Whereas, like, if you've got a gun, they'll shoot at each other, and then you're in prison for the rest of your life. It's a it's a really sad thing, isn't it? It is. We've it seen is. so yeah. much, like, people, like, young men are just wasted. They literally leave school, go to prison, that's it, because mm-hmm. they've had a fight but instead of just having a bit of a scrap yeah. they've got a gun they've got a gun so they've murdered yeah. someone and then that's it they're just yeah. a murder in prison for the rest of their life it's it's really sad I've got an antidote we went to Florida years ago I think 97 and we was warned by the rep not to go out we went to an ice rink or something but not to go out too late and if you like see the gangs with the cars don't approach them yada 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 one night, my dad's decided to go out. He went missing all night. And we're thinking, where is he? We found him coming back. He went out with a load of yardies. <laughs> oh. Yeah, got drunk and high with them. They went to the ice <laughs> ring. He went, it was the best night of my life. They've all got these big guns in the oh back of the God. car. Yeah, loved it. <laughs> yeah. I said, so you listen oh, to the rep. The, Amer- the Americans do love the English. The English can get away with a lot. Yeah. And he was a bit of a cheeky chappy, my dad. So, yeah, I think oh, he would have, yeah, yeah, he would have got on yeah. well there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Well, thanks for sharing that, Sean. 
yeah. So um, that, I'm guessing that's the crime that nobody's heard of then. That was really a good one. Um, no, that was the most interesting crime, I think. So have you, have you got one that nobody's heard of? That could be I it. do. Um, well, that's the one that no one's heard of that I've just told you about. Yeah. I've, got yeah. another fas- I've got another fascinating serial Go on then. One. Go for it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right. So I've only interviewed one serial killer on my channel. And his name is Delmus. All right. And he was a truck driver. And... He had a normal life, you know, barbecue on the weekend with the girlfriend, all that kind of stuff. Na- good neighborly guy. Now, when he was on his truck journeys and he would pull over for a rest at a truck stop and a sex worker would knock on his truck door, he would tell them to go away. But some of them were persistent. And if they were persistent, he'd just say, get in. He'd snap the neck and throw him in the back. Oh. And he did, he did that over 50 times. He was pulled over by cops twice with corpses in the vehicle, and they let him go. He's a very charming man. Um, he was just laughing all the way through the interview. Mm. And I don't usually watch – I don't think I've ever watched one of my interviews the next day, but I went to bed after speaking to him with my spine. Even just re- reliving it now, I could feel it, the, the goosebumps going up mm. my spine, the chill. And I had to watch it again the next day. And the way he just describes killing these women, it's like he was just cleaning up the streets mm-hmm. of um, crack-addicted sex workers that he referred to as crackatoos. Wow. Now, mm-hmm. he got caught because... And he said he wouldn't have got caught, but the last one he did, or near the end, um, someone else, an associate of his... Um, was present when with the corpse there, so someone was aware of of what he'd done, and that the associate 
had sex with the corpse. Oh, oh no. And ejaculated into the corpse. And then the cops, when they found the corpse, found the semen from the associate, and the associate, to get his charges reduced, gave up the serial killer. Wow. So you obviously interviewed him while he was in prison then? Yeah, I did. It was done through telephone. Oh, was it? How did you find it, Sean? As you said, you've got goosebumps. Um, Was you a bit, I don't know, mentally in a different space after speaking to him because I think I would be I'd I'd say that his dark energy Mm. was consuming me for several days really days wow yeah Mm. yeah I was called Delmush 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 yeah wow I'll tell you his full name if you want he's um let's have a look yeah that's a he sounds like the American Peter Sutcliffe yeah but a lot more victims. Yeah, yeah. no more. And yet again... Del- no, no. Delmas Colvin. Delmas Colvin. He only got convicted of, of um, I think, less than 10, but he's, mm. he's claiming he did over 50. Wow. Yeah, that's a... That's the problem with sex workers as well. When they go missing, sometimes they've got no friends or family to report them missing, so you will never know how many lives he did take. Hmm. Yeah, that's Indeed, indeed. And sex workers are preyed on by serial killers disproportionately. I mean, I did a talk yeah. at a school in Wales and I went back a couple of years later to do a talk and they said that sadly one of the students she spoke to, she became a sex worker and fell into a serial killer in Liverpool. Oh, lover. Did she? Yeah. That's yeah. so sad. Yeah. Easy. So we find that quite a lot, don't we, with sex workers? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they 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 just are. Well, they're victims. vulnerable. Yeah, aren't they're they? vulnerable victims. Yeah, they put themselves in vulnerable situations. And the cops won't work. investigate it, like you know, from a wealthy family's kid going missing. Yeah. Yeah, it don't seem to be taken seriously, does no. it? Certain groups no, don't seem to be no. taken seriously, no. unfortunately. And I suppose the um, murderers know that. That's why they pick those victims. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty aware of it. Sorry, I'll just ping my microphone there. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Sean, um, do you have any recommendations for our listeners? Any true crime, like TV or books or podcast recommendations? Well, in terms of recommendations, the the wonderful Christopher Berry D. Right. Tell us a bit about him. Well, Christopher Berry D is the most, is the best-selling true crime author in the world presently. He's the keynote speaker at... CrimeCon, and he just wrote and narrated the introduction for my book that's coming out this summer, which is called Sit Downs with Gangsters. Oh. So, well, he's a fantastic guy, and you'll see him at CrimeCon this year. He's been there every year. Oh, wow. Yeah, we must miss him last year. We only went on one day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. He's an older gentleman, a very witty, dresses quite bright. So we have no idea, we won't miss him then. No. <laughs> I'll introduce you to him this oh. time. So he's an author, is he? He does a crime, true crime books he's, he's overtook truman capote in sales he's the wow. biggest tr- uh, true crime selling author in the history of the world oh i feel like a bit of an idiot now that I've never <laughs> <laughs> i'm such a book crime sean i literally don't stop reading i always have about four books on the go and that brain sure is crime. untrue sean honestly one of the biggest true crime authors in the world was getting an award for selling millions of books and Christopher Berry D was in the audience and he went, small fry. Did he? <laughs> nice. I love the heckle. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll join in with him if I was next to him. 
Mm. Do you watch any like true crime telly or anything, or do you just not have time because you're constantly working? Oh, don't stop, don't <laughs> yeah. stop. Especially while I've got this shingles thing. Um, oh, yeah. I've just watched loads of movies on Netflix and loads of series on Netflix. So yeah. all the big true crime stuff on Netflix. I mean, we've we've interviewed the guy that was talking about the different theories for the missing flight mm-hmm. MH370. Yeah, oh, really? yeah. I watched that. Is it's it good? good? Yeah, it's good. And the guy who's in it, the main guy, we interviewed him on the channel last month. So that was fascinating. Um, what what true crime ones have you guys watched on Netflix? Loads, honestly. I watched the Night Stalker one, obviously, because we yeah. covered Richard Ramirez yeah, recently. I watched loved that. That, that was one. a four part. Anything that's more than four parts, I just think, oh, it's too long. Adducted in plain sight. Evil genius. That was a very right. good one. We've in, we've in, we've uh, interviewed. We've done a part one with the with the survivor of abducted in plain sight. Oh, did you? Wow. Yeah. And making a murderer has probably had yeah. the most impact on my life. I've written a book called Unmaking a Murderer, and it identifies the ten ways that prosecutors and corrupt officials framed those guys and wow. how these things come up in most cases of innocent people. Who were exonerated? You see the same ten things over and over and over. Oh, really? That's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, I love it all though on Netflix. I'm always. What do you make of that flight then? So it's such a mystery, isn't it? it I don't is. know. Uh, um, I have no idea what's happened. I'm none yeah. the wise after watching it, but I, remember, I was intrigued. I remember when it happened, and I was just glued to the news, just thinking, "How can this happen? How can a uh, massive plane yeah. packed full of people just vanish off the face of the earth?" But just waiting every day, expecting more fuselage to turn up or yeah, things to get washed up. Nothing. Well, I don't know. It's it's a very very it is a mystery, isn't it? Do you believe the guy that found all the bits of plane on the shore? Do I believe him? Yeah, that they are bits of the plane. Because it was hinted at it might not be, wasn't it? I, that's the thing, isn't it? You just never know. No, no. He just looked, I don't know, I don't know. You should never judge a book by its cover, but I didn't believe they were. He just looked, because he was finding all these bits of plane, only him on all the oh. bit on the beach, he's like swept up, mm. and they didn't have any markers on him, did they? They was all scratched off and to identify it with that plane, so every mm. part of the plane would have a serial number. Yeah. And none of the parts did, did they? So Very suspicious, wasn't mm, it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. You, are you saying you didn't? Yeah. Oh, you was a bit cynical. Yeah, and Not, I'm never cynical. Never I cynical. eat it all up, Sean, <laughs> normally. I'm like, you could tell me the sky's red, and I'm like, he is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he must have been really dodgy for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, mm, I don't know if I believe yeah. you. I think maybe I'm rubbing off on you a bit, though, because yeah. there's been a few cases recently where you've been a bit like, oh, come yeah. on, Carol, that's yeah. not true and I'm like yeah we've oh, reversed roles haven't bit. we yeah, yeah that's strange <laughs> it's a bit yeah so have you got any local murders you can tell us of local to you well I mean I'm in England aren't I all my local murders were when I lived in Arizona oh go for them one of them well the other there was a big one called the baseline killer yeah and um I'll just look a bit of this up because I've forgotten a lot of it but um, it was all over the news constantly. So, suspected serial killer Mark Gadu's home was raided October 7, 2006. And let's see. Hold on, have one second. Um, baseline killer was first dubbed the baseline rapist after the Phoenix police announced that. A skinny black man was sexually assaulting females as young as 12 at gunpoint mm. near Baseline Road. 
And then he evolved into the baseline killer in the spring of 2006 after investigators began to link a series of murders and armed robberies to the rapist. Mark Goudot was in custody at the time. October 2006 search. Police had arrested him a month earlier on charges of sexually assaulting and kidnapping two South Phoenix sisters in September 2005. He's presently serving 438 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a bit grim, isn't it? 12-year-old mm. yeah. girl, poor love. Let me, let me just find out who he killed then. Let's have a look. Baseline rape, killer, wiki. Where do you live now then, uh, Sean? So I live in Leafy Surrey. Nice. Oh, very posh. Yeah, in Guildford. <laughs> nice. Here's, here's the timeline of what he did. Oh, God. And he's in a, if people go on his wiki page, it's Mark G-O-U-D-E-A-U. Mm-hmm. American serial killer, kidnapper, thief, and rapist. So August 6, 2005, two sexual assaults. He forced three teenagers behind a church. Um, August 14th, sexual assault robbery. September 8th, homicide at 1 a.m. in Mill Avenue, Tempe, which is right by where I used to do a lot of my stuff was in the Mill Avenue area. It's like the University of Arizona, so I knew a lot of people around there. Ah. Um, And then we got, oh, yeah, September the 8th, there was a homicide, then a sexual assault, September the 15th. 20th, um, while walking home from a Phoenix City car park at night, two sisters were approached by him with a gun. He sexually assaulted one while pushing the gun into the other's pregnant belly. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, that's horrendous, isn't it? Mm. Nasty place to work. September 28th, robbery. September 28th, sexual assault and robbery. November the 3rd, robbery and sexual assault. Um... A man with dreadlocks and a fisherman's hat walked into his shop and robbed it at gunpoint. Then he abducted a woman, placing items in a parking lot, donation across the street, assaulted her in a car and demanded she drive him to the corner because he just committed a robbery. He was wearing a Halloween costume and black plastic glasses. Mm. Creepy. Yeah, that's so creepy. Mm. November, more robberies. Then December, um... Tina was on her way home from preschool where she worked. A man was spotted with a drawn gun standing over her body behind a fast food restaurant. He had shot her in the head. Mm. February 20, 2006, the bodies of 38-year-old Romella and 33-year-old Myrna were found shot to death inside their snack truck at 91st Avenue in Lower Buckeye. Wow. Then on March 15th, Double homicide, two employees of Yoshi's restaurant were on the way home. Um, they were found dead in the parking lot of another fast food restaurant. The other one was found dead a mile away, both shot in the head. Wow. Then March 29th, local businessmen noticed streaks of blood on the gravel of a parking lot. Mm-hmm. Police, police were called, didn't find anything. A week later, the, ba- the businessman discovered the decomposed body of Kristin, as he was investigating a horrible odour in the area, she had been shot in the head. Wow. June, June 29th, um, Carmen was abducted from a self-serve car wash um, while she was on her cell phone. She was found dead from a gunshot to the head behind a barber shop 100 yards away. And the attack was captured on CCTV. And that was his last crime. Wow. 
You guys should take a trip to Arizona if you want to get some crime stories. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It sounds a bit terrifying in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, any, anything can happen. Oh, can no. Happen. Wow. Yeah. I don't know much about Arizona, I'm not going to lie. It's where the Grand Canyon is, I think. Desert. Yeah, it's, next, it's, next, it's between New Mexico and California. So it's like a bit like half California, a bit half like Breaking Bad. Yeah. And... Um, it's a beautiful state. The Grand Canyon, Sedona is like an area of red rocks, and there's a vortex site there for the New Age people. Um, but um, it's a country of extremes. You know, there's extreme poverty, extreme gangs, yeah. extreme drug use. Even the weatherman who was up in his helicopter was busted for doing crystal meth. They said he was high in the sky. <laughs> so there's Sorry, a crystal meth. Crystal meth epidemic. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll squeeze in one more crime story then that's unheard of. So there was um, a postman. He was on the news before and after photo, um, you know, crystal meth. Here's what he looks like a year later, all skinny and malnourished and meth sores on his face. A year earlier, looks like a normal person. So he was driving home and he'd been up on, on days for crystal meth. If you're up on days of crystal meth, you get what's called crystal meth psychosis because wild man, he used to stay up for days on crystal meth and crack and he would get psychosis where he'd be paranoid and hallucinating and people thinking people are coming to kill him. So with the postman, his two sons are on the back seat and he's driving on the freeway and he looks in the mirror and he sees one of the sons has turned into a demon and he's going to kill the other son. Oh, so he pulls over, gets like a Rambo knife or something out from under his driving seat, grabs the demon and cuts its head off. Oh, my God. And that oh, was his son. Yeah. That was his son. What is wrong with people? Wow. No, it's the drugs, isn't it? Drug-inflicted yeah, psychosis. Why, why, would have, why would you be driving around with a Rambo knife in your car? On drugs? Imagine, yeah, drugs imagine when well. he sobered up from that yeah. psychosis. Oh, yeah, that's just some... Yeah. Yeah, and had to face his wife. Do you reckon though, that's enough to get him off of it? I think that in the prison, well, I know for a fact, there's more drugs in the prison than anyone on the face of the earth, and the staff bring it in. Oh, God. oh, really? So you can still staff are the main method of drugs getting in. Yeah, so you can still be an addict in prison. More, they're more addicted in prison because the ninety percent of them are injecting heroin. Are they? You go, you go from low-level drug use outside a prison. Like, the highest arrest category at the, when I was arrested was weed possession. Oh, mm. What, they put you in prison just for having weed on you? Mm. They had a million arrests a year almost in America for weed possession at the height of the war on drugs because everybody they snatched, the prison got $60,000 a year of oh, taxpayers' so money per person. The yeah. mm. But they went after the lowest hanging fruit, the potheads. Yeah. So then, yeah. then that young person gets thrown in a prison where they become a heroin addict, they become a neo-Nazi, mm. they get swastikas and Hitler tattoos all over them. Yeah. They give them $50 on the gate when they get released. They have a nice life. Jeez. And they know they're going to come right back. Yeah. Because, mm. because now they're clients for life for the prison system. Jeez. You're quite passionate about prison reform and stuff, aren't you? I've read quite a lot of stuff about that, about you. I've, I've written five books um, mm. on the war on drugs and deconstructing mass incarceration, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. going to ask you something quite personal, Sean. How did you find um, coming off like drug use and all that? Was it in prison that you... Well, yeah, I mean, I was, I'd, I'd stopped the importation of the drugs mm -hmm. uh, a year before the SWAT team came. Okay. 
but I couldn't quit my personal use because mm-hmm. I hadn't addressed my demons. And when the SWAT team came, that was the wake-up call I needed because I was facing life sentence. Yeah. I can't, I can't be messing around with drugs. I had to focus on getting my life back. And also, I saw the horror of what drug use led to. Mm-hmm. The guys in the jail who were sharing the needles, two-thirds of them approximately had hepatitis C. Oh, God. Yellow jaundice skin, teeth rotting out. And all the day just revolved around getting high. It was slow suicide. And the sad thing is, hearing the stories, li- living with heroin users for six years, and I've done a TED Talk on this, it's mm-hmm. how heroin users and victims of paedophiles changed my worldview. A lot of these heroin users were victims of paedophiles or suffered some kind of childhood trauma. Mm. And society never helps them. So they get on heroin to deal with it because it blocks it out. And then to finance the heroin, the men get into robberies and dealing. The women get into sex work and shoplifting. But they all end up in the prison system. It's the same trajectory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They self-medicate, don't they? And And the government is making billions every year off it. And instead of giving these bastard paedophiles life sentences... They just get slaps on the wrist. Yeah. And they're allowed to have hundreds of victims, which keeps all this going. Mm. So if the government wants to address the root cause of crime, they need to start putting these paedophiles away for long sentences or mm-hmm. giving them chemical castration. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I Did agree. Wild Man come clean? Wild Man's dead. He yeah. died in his 40s from multiple organ failure for, from all the drugs he'd done. Oh, okay. Did he manage to become clean before he died or...? He got it down to alcohol and pot, but alcohol mm-hmm. is one of the worst ones. I yeah. had a cellmate who looked like he was 70. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I drink a quarter, of liter, a quarter of liquor a day. Don't ever drink alcohol. Look, this is what it does to you. And he mm-hmm. was like, yeah. So people don't even think alcohol is a drug, but alcohol is the number one drug in the UK that kills the most young people by far. Three a week die from binge drinking. And alcohol is the number one drug in all violent crime, murder, and all sex crime, ranging from date rape to paedophilia. Yeah. I lost my dad and my nan to alcohol. Oh, that's yeah. hor- horrendous. He was 53. I'm not sure. I think she was in her 60s, my nan. Yeah. Yeah. My best mate lost his mum. I think she was in her 50s and his sister in her 30s to alcohol. Awful. Awful. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's, it's so readily valuable. That's mm-hmm. the trouble, isn't it? It is. It's quite an interesting The government's, part. government's getting, getting paid off, so it's okay to everyone for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Mm. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Um, so you mentioned earlier on the podcast, Sean, now you have like lots of partners, um, people coming on, who you collaborate with and whatnot. Um, who do you, you know, who do you like collaborating with the most? Do you have a, I mean, I know it's, is it your partner, your Mrs. Jen? My co-host Jen, of yeah. course. Yeah, and you know, pre- congratulations to the pair of you. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. A baby on the way. Yep. Late August. Excited. So, cool. so excited. Yes. Amazing. Oh. Yeah, congratulations. That's Thanks. so cool. Exciting times, isn't it? It is. How's she doing? Jen is like one minute she's over the moon and next minute she's pointing at the bump saying, <laughs> you did this to me! <laughs> yeah. Really, is she? <laughs> You've got a long way to go, yeah? Good luck. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, be wicked. <laughs> no, she's her. absolutely glowing with motherhood. Oh, love her. Yeah. Oh, you've got it all to come. Yeah. Mine's, I think, 14 now, and they, he's so sassy, isn't he? Mm. So sassy. Oh. Very camp, but very sassy with it. <laughs> oh, I just want to hold a little baby in my arms. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing go. better. To be honest, oh. I, I I had my second child. She was due the end of August, and I had her on bank holiday Monday. And there's wow. literally no, hardly any staff because they're obviously... And the staff oh, that are there have got the raging ump because they're not at a barbecue. <laughs> so it wasn't much fun. So I, I'm crossing my fingers for Jen that she doesn't actually give birth on bank holiday Monday. Well, she's going to try and hold on to September for yeah. the school year. Yeah, yeah, that didn't work out for me. <laughs> my child's going to uni just about, about a week after she turns 18 because yeah, cause of when I had her. But yeah, so obviously your collaborators, obviously like I mentioned, Jen is your... I'm sure she's number one collaborator, but yeah, who else do you like her collaborating with? <laughs> <laughs> so we're collaborating with Matthew Steeples, who is our regular um, guest that we bring to CrimeCon. Mm. Oh, cool. Okay. And he's an, he's an expert on Savile, um, Epstein, Maxwell. Mm. He does stuff on McCann. And we're presently doing a lot on Meghan Markle with him. We've got a Meghan Ooh. Markle series on the channel. It's gone really viral. He introduced us to Samantha Markle. Her interview's gone really viral. Megan's sister. Yeah. And uh, we've been doing like almost weeklies with, with uh, Steeples on Megan Markle exposés. I think we're on number nine right now. Wow. Oh, wow. Do you yeah. mind talking a little bit about that? That sounds really interesting. Well, I interviewed Richard Grannon years ago about the narcissism of Megan Markle. And Samantha Markle, her own sister, who is in the psychiatric profession, says that Megan has got narcissistic personality disorder. She's got all the traits. And she's estranged from her family. It's really sad, the relationship with the dad and and Samantha. I think they just did a documentary on, was it Australian TV, just the last couple of days. It's it's all over Twitter right now. It's trending. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for example, one of the questions we asked Samantha was why weren't you guys invited to the royal wedding? Yeah. And Samantha said that all of Megan's lies uh, would have unraveled if they'd been invited, if they would have told the truth. Mm. 
because Meghan just needs narcissistic supply and that Harry, Prince Harry, you know, going out with a member of the royal family has made her the most famous, most Googled, most trending female in the world. Yeah, it's feeding into that narcissism, isn't it? It's, it's that is the narcissistic supply, but she feels that when she's done with Harry, that her next thing will be to try and run. She wants to become a billionaire and she wants to be the president of the USA. Okay. This just reminds me of a villain from a cartoon film, you know, world domination kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Doesn't it? Yeah. Megan Evil. <laughs> <laughs> she's, gone, she's gone from a B-rate actress. Yeah. yeah. To this opportunity oh, yeah. now. Yeah, she's hit the jackpot big time, hasn't she? Yeah. 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 She yeah. really has. And it, um, Matthew Steeples is of the impression that, you know, Megan has weaponized um harry against the royal family for her own use yeah or as lady colin campbell said in her interview of her megan has monetized the royal family that megan claimed that she hadn't even googled mm. before she went out with harry which is absolute nonsense yeah it's ludicrous to think isn't you don't it don't need to google the royal family one knows who they are <laughs> don't they? i mean it's not exactly they're not under the radar it's funny when i went to when i was in buxton we went to chatsworth house which mm-hmm. is this massive stately home up north and I, as I was walking around it and looking at all this stuff and these people are really integrated with the um, English royal family, right, going right back to William of Orange, just after the English Civil War. So about 400 years worth of history, this family is entangled with the royal family, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at it and there's all the portraits of the dukes and the duchesses and blah, blah. And it, it literally popped in my head, Meghan Markle, how on earth has she managed to get in this family? Because yeah. before that, it was like literally people that was from a certain kind of lineage and mm-hmm. things like that. Even Kate Middleton, I mean, she just went to uni and she met the heir to the throne. Yeah. It's how things have changed, they're so different. The opportunities for women and men, completely different because people just mix together more, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Previously, those circles would never mix. They'd yeah. never have a chance to meet. But now, you know, like you say, Megan's maximised that, hasn't she? I think Instagram played a role in them getting together. Really? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Didn't know Bye. that. I know, she, didn't she ask one of her actress friends to introduce them or something? Yeah, yeah. she did, yes. It's yeah. just, I'm sad for him. How do you get him out of her clasp, you know? Well, he seems to love her. They've got a couple of kids together, so it'd be a shame to break the family up. Mm. Perhaps she'd just rein it in a bit. Well, he's looking at, he's looking, he was looking a bit um, under the weather in recent months yeah. with it all. The stress mm. of it all. It is. Yeah. Being yeah. married is stressful. Having young kids is stressful. <laughs> I mean, even if just because you're rich and famous don't mean you don't have the same, like, stresses and worries as anyone else. But if you've got an artistic, I can't say it, wife, in throwing that into the mix, that's going to be... Oh, my husband's got an artistic wife. He copes. (laughs) (laughs) I think wealthy people have a different set of problems. Yeah. Yeah, but you still worry about your children, you still love your family you still want the best for them and stuff i think fundamentally there's those things i know i know it's i know that they have it easy <laughs> they don't have to worry about the heating and heating on the stuff but you still have the same they're still people i think yeah. and you know i don't know i don't think breaking up a marriage is any ever good no but that's just my view yeah. especially when you've got two little kiddies yeah but yeah i think yeah like you say perhaps perhaps she is a bad influence on him but there's lots of people out there that are bad influences on they're yeah. half and, or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's any of my business. <laughs> so yeah. on that note, sure. <laughs> Sorry. Which one of your cases had you really fired up and really 
like the one of your most favourite cases, really. I don't like to use the word favourite, but well, I've written a book on it. It's called "Who Killed Epstein: Prince Andrew or Bill Clinton." Ooh. We we became the tip of the spear on the Epstein coverage on YouTube for a bit. Even on Joe Rogan, he he recommend Eddie Bravo recommended us. I think we got almost a hundred thousand new subs that day. But what happened was, and this is what I've learned is. If you are covering something that the elites don't want you to be covering mm-hmm. and it's getting good views, we had 60 million views on our Epstein coverage. Wow. You're going to get shut down. Really? And I got shut, I got shut down, yeah. I, I lost my YouTube channel twice over it. We, we had to promise not to cover Epstein anymore. Oh, my God, you're joking, um, really? I've written, I've written the Epstein book and I've written another book now called Elite Predators, which is a continuation of my work. Mm. Um, it's called Elite Predators from Savile, and Mountbatten to Epstein and Maxwell, something like that. Mm. Um, and I was even calling to a cop shop, and I've now got a caution about no. reporting on. Yeah, I've now got a caution on reporting on sexual abuse cases. And if I interview uh, survivors of heinous criminals like that, I have to make sure that they are legally waiving their an- anonymity. Because if I violate this caution, I'm going to prison. Wow, you're joking. That's yeah. That's Blowing my mind. Yeah, I can't really get yeah. made about that. It's because the spider the... web runs so deep, Kaz. They, it's. Yeah. But, but can I just say, so that Epstein thing, did they did they shut you down before he got prison? Before he got sent to prison, was you sort of on what the case was, before he got done? My it? my channel started out as a prison channel. Mm. Started in two thousand and seven as a prison channel, and when Epstein got arrested, um, people always send me prison questions. You know, if so and so gets arrested, what's going to happen to him? So they, the viewers said Epstein's been arrested. What's going to happen to him? I said he's, he's going to uh, he'll they'll make him look like he's committed suicide. And I, I put a video out saying that was going to happen. And when that did happen, I said he was he would probably be hung. Mm-hmm. And when that did happen, the channel just went bonkers. It just became a lightning rod for everybody that had Epstein questions. Mm-hmm. So that's how it began, and we interviewed so many people, so many great people. Whitney Webb um, is one. She's going massive now. Um, Ryan Dawson is another one. Charlie Robinson is another one. Just to name a few of the dozens, we interviewed Maria Farmer, Epstein survivor. You know, we, we were collaborating with Virginia Roberts on Twitter, and um, it was yeah, um, we were doing live one of our live streams got 60,000 people on it, which is like a record, I think. Um, Yeah, but then because we were getting so much traction, they they shut us down, like I said. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Keep up the good work, though, Sean. It's amazing. Yeah. Just don't get yourself arrested in the the middle of it. It's what? I said, don't get arrested while doing it. (laughs) I know. First, they start to try and destroy your reputation. There was campaigns launched against me that accused me of doing heinous things. And I'm still, I had to file lawsuits against people. So they try and destroy your reputation. Then they put you in prison. And if that doesn't work, they kill you. So I guess I'm just lucky that, you know, I didn't wake up to a bomb under my car. Oh, damn. I I thought if I was exposing people doing these crimes Mm -hmm. against kids, the whole world would be behind me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I went through two years of hell. By forces, evil forces that tried to destroy everything I stood for for about two years. Wow. 
I just really, yeah. for this, I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is unbelievable. See, this is the yeah. stuff I believe, and you, you're, this is the stuff you're, you get cynical on, don't you? Well, I don't know anything about it. Oh, I love it. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, and, and that's, that's because I believe, personally, I believe that very powerful people engage in that heinous mm-hmm. activity and they don't want the public to know. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And these are at the top of politics, the top of royalty, uh, top of business, psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Oh, wow. And they don't want anyone talking about it. Just want to hush exactly. it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching um, a documentary about... I think I think it's been out a couple of years, but I only got around to watching it last week because we was on holiday. <laughs> that uh, Barrymore documentary. Do you remember that one? It's so good. I absolutely loved watching it. And um, I just wonder, there was about, I think there were eight people at the party that night when uh, Stuart Lobo died. And none of them know how he died. But I just wonder if like once Barrymore passes away, maybe someone might come out. You know, like when Savile died, it all came out, didn't it? Maybe. We've, interv- we've interviewed his ex-wife, um, Lubbock, mm. and um, yeah, really sad. Yeah, mm. she was on that documentary, wasn't she? And um, yeah, it's really sad, really sad case. Um, just, yeah. just, it's weird that nobody knows what happened. I couldn't understand that. But my sister, she does um, statement analysis, so I'm, what I'm going to do is just um, transcribe some of the yeah. very more um, interviews. Dustin. So what are you doing for the rest of the day, Sean? Got any plans? Right, I'm going to go and tend to my wounds. Yeah, put some calamine lotion uh, on your shingles. Oh, love you. And then I've got to, um, I've got to do another interview in about an hour. Oh, so I've got a documentary coming out in the summer. It's on a major um, platform. I'm not allowed to say to the public who it is because of NDA. But it's, they film my family and they film Sammy the Bull Gravano's family. He's like one of the most famous mafia figures in the world. Mm-hmm. And he was the guy whose ecstasy ring was in competition with my ecstasy ring. And, and his son told me in prison that he'd been, uh, he'd almost kidnapped me at a nightclub one night. They were going to take me out to the desert. But we'd left that nightclub uh, just in time wow. to dodge that. Those, I didn't know they were coming, but we just missed them. So, yeah, this, this uh, Sammy the Bull and his family members. Uh, like they came and filmed my mum in, in my hometown of Witness. I said, Mum, some people are coming to film you. Is that okay? Yeah, she thought like two people were going to show up with cameras and stuff. Oh. There was like traffic had to be stopped on the road outside the house. There was like a crew of 20 <laughs> people with all this equipment. I'm so it's a really top notch production. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm going to be doing that, the rest of that today. And it's coming out in the summer. So I'm quite excited about yeah, that. I'm excited about that. That yeah. sounds fantastic. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. What a cool thing. Yeah. You're, su- you're such an unassuming person, Sean. You'd never guess you've lived about 10 lives already. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, used, I've used up all my nine lives, definitely. Yeah. Do you think well, thanks you're, for having uh... me on, guys. Yeah, thanks thank you. Thank you for yeah. coming on. We really appreciate it. It was such short notice. So for, yeah, I really appreciate you making time in your day, especially as you're feeling under the weather as well. So Thank you. All right. Yeah. Cheers. Good, good luck with it and keep me posted. Cheers. We'll, then we'll see you. you at CrimeCon. We'll, we'll, we'll see you at CrimeCon. We'll see you at CrimeCon. Take Thanks, care. Guys. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.